We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Andy Lou, I have one question for you. How many timelines are there? <laughs> I uh, I texted about 155 people right when he hit that last three and said, there is only one. He is the timeline, Samuel. He is the timeline. That's about where I'm at. Like, um, first off, I want to say it was a great game. Cleveland is a really fun team to watch. I'm really excited to have friends of the show uh justin rowan and carter rodriguez on to kind of feel like a little throwback little throwback energy there um but with that said like i I don't know how you feel my my energy the whole time is just general annoyance around the warriors making decisions in the offseason that were not necessary when they won a title like gutting the entire bench and going with this two timeline plan for no reason and then Steph Curry puts on just a masterclass performance in the fourth quarter and just changes the mood overall. Every single – he's going to do this all season. I mean, he's going to do this all season. He looks he's like – He's going to have to right now. <laughs> he, well, he's the, he, he's the guy that looks like he didn't take a single break uh, from when last finals ended. I did not expect this to happen. I thought he would come in and kind of chill. I think he actually came in and probably wanted to relax a little bit, but you know, you can't now. You can't now. And he looks like the guy that that carried the Warriors against Boston. He looks like the guy that closed every single series out against Denver uh, and whoever. And 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 so this is this is what we're going to talk about on. You guessed it. Tonight's post game light years post game show presented by Pacific Catch. The Pacific Catch postgame show. Woo. Pacific Catch. What is it? West Coast? West Coast style? Sustainable? Sustainable food, Andy? You know, here, here's the thing about Pacific Catch that people don't understand. You can get literally any type of food that you want there. Sometimes you're feeling X. Sometimes you're feeling sushi. Sometimes you're feeling burgers. Sometimes you're feeling shots of tequilas with the boys, like I am, all the time. Pacific sometimes cat. you sometimes you want sushi with a burger with a shot. You know, <laughs> I don't know. That's that's kind of that's kind of our speed. So, you know, yeah, no. Pacific Crutch, great locations in I want every county in the Bay Area. So, you know, 
Uh, you, you could be on the peninsula with Andy. Could be up <laughs> in the North Bay. Could be in the East Bay. Could be in the city. There's a location for you. Uh, it's it's on it's on every street. There's like there's like 15 plus locations. It's it's a local restaurant. Like yours podcast supports local restaurants, supports local foods, lo- local alcohols, local anything, and uh, we're happy to be sponsored by Pacific Catch uh, all year long. And uh, what what else? I think we we just recently got the ability for y'all to do uh, super chats, right, Sam? So anybody can can throw can, can throw in super chats now, which is which is something I, I'd love to see. Uh, more of yeah absolutely but let's get into the game a little bit before we get to the chase down guys and um go down you know memory lane and 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 all the fun stuff um so i feel like uh well steph was the biggest story we already talked about steph a little bit um the second biggest thing from tonight for me was jordan pool starting to find a little energy and it kind of ties to Dante DiVincenzo coming back for this team a little bit. Jordan Poole, um, you know, not the, still not up to the level he was at last year, but definitely better putting another, putting players around him who can move the ball, who can get him off ball, made him a little more comfortable and uh, probably his best game of the season so far. Uh, easily his best game of the season so far. Not even close. And uh, it's, it was only a matter of time. I think for both Clay and Poole, it's only going to be a matter of time to those guys get ready, right? Those guys are on the first timeline. Those guys are ready to win now. Those guys have proven that they're going to be clutch players, proven that they're going to make big shots, take big shots. And I think for me, I was never going to be that worried about Jordan Poole. Like, do I think he's playing bad? He's playing very bad. But do I think he's going to be able to come back and be okay? I always thought that was going to be the case. Uh, Tonight was was a good time. They needed every single bucket. The Warriors right now, and look, the, the Cavs are a really good basketball team, man. Like they are not, they're not a joke. They've lost three games. They started eight and one, but they are a really good basketball team. The Warriors needed Jordan Poole to play like he did tonight. Uh 34 minutes. They needed tonight, Steph to go right? 15 for 23. Yeah. Well, well yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 34 minutes for Poole. Um, kind of interesting that I don't want to say Clay got benched for him, but in the second half, um, Kerr definitely kind of rode the hot hand there. It was it was less about seniority and more about who was playing better there, uh, which which is the right decision given given kind of how how little depth this team has and kind of how big of a hole they are in with the zero and five road trip. Like it, it, you kind of have to go with what's working, and Jordan Poole is working for this team uh, in the second half more so than Clay. I will say. Pete Clay fashion hits a big shot down the stretch and ma- makes a nice defensive play down the stretch as well. So even he's going through it. He's not playing up to like, it's it's weird seeing him kind of like regress from where he was last year when we all thought he'd play better. Um, and he's clearly, a li- he, he, he seems like he's a little bit in his, in his head over everything, but he's still a player who, who's kind of played in these moments and it, he's earned I guess the right to kind of play through it a little more than, than some other guys. Uh, I mean, are you kidding? absolutely. That's, that's a guy that uh, for me, I just, I'm never going to get that angry or slander because that's just a guy that's helped you win four championships and has been and made so many plays in his career that to me, I'll never feel comfortable. Do I feel comfortable slandering James Wiseman? Absolutely. He's done nothing for the Warriors. Like Kaminga. Like same thing, right? Like those guys have done nothing. Dante even yeah, you earned do. 
you earn you earn equity and trust with, yeah, with as a fan, a fan right yeah, yeah as a fan right they, they might not care what i say so that that doesn't matter but i'm just saying as a fan i'm going to give for me uh guys like clay thompson less space in my head because i'm just gonna say well he's got a shot to figure it out i think i'm gonna believe that he's gonna figure it out and i'm not not gonna be too frustrated about it uh but like you said dude he hit it, that huge three uh, huge smile after he got a couple stops down the stretch, right before he before he got that last deal. Maybe this is what kind of gets him unlocked here. Uh, it's only been twelve games in the season so far. They said he didn't play five on five at all, so maybe he's getting back into it. We hope. He Certainly definitely didn't like look Cole like fully in game shape in no. the at the beginning of the season, so maybe that's part of it. But yeah. Um, something to watch going forward and they, they can definitely use him <laughs> in general um i feel like we're we're in some ways bearing the lead like obviously steph's the lead but uh anthony lamb uh oh my god i thought you said she, the lead i thought you were gonna say steph but all right yeah let's go anthony <laughs> lamb i feel it i feel it um my fit fa- so first off uh he played the after jordan pool after what steve Kerr likes to call the core six he played the most minutes of anyone uh, which in some ways speaks to the lack of a bench also just kind of speaks to he earned it. He played well the whole way through. He hit big shots. He played defense. He played smart. I know your favorite part was when he tried to hype up the crowd. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. I, look, man, my favorite part about his game is that he doesn't make bad mistakes. That That's what I like about Anthony Lamb. Is he good? Like, is going to be in the NBA for a long time? Maybe. I don't know. He's not like that good, but the the fun thing Too about him is tell. like yeah, yeah right but he's energetic like you said like he and he tried to pump up the crowd two separate occasions uh he tried to get the energy going when he came in it's like he read the tweets it's like he saw what the reporters were asking about he said i'm going to take it upon myself to be that guy and you know what if i were anthony lamb i'd do the same thing because you know why i have a chance right now to make it into the nba for the rest of my career we saw wants Conor anderson do that he made his way into the NBA, and now he's just a vet men guy. Dude, that's two-plus million dollars a year every single year JTA's going to make for, for a long time. That's real money. Andy Lamb's looking at it, and he's like, well, if Kaminga and Wiseman are just going to sit there and mope all freaking day, I'm going to go in, I'm going to play with energy, and I'm going to be a guy, right? I'm just going to be a guy, plus six. Plus six makes two threes, and he just he's just playing very hard. Like I said, like I, said I don't know if he's going to be good long-term, but dude. <laughs> and, and it's like that it's like the juxtaposition it's like he's undersized unlike Wiseman and Kuminga um definitely not the fastest guy on the team no wasn't drafted um but just gives a shit plays hard plays smart like literally he does everything how many different ways did Steve Kerr allude to um need guys who make the game easier need guys who make the simple play make the smart play that sort of thing like play simple that sort of stuff uh in many ways playing him is kind of like sending a message to lottery picks that like you know i i will play a two-way guy i will get anyone in there over you that that sort of thing and honestly it's justified because gifting minutes to guys who aren't producing clearly wasn't working for the team uh and and it's unfair to it's unfair to the starting lineup which is still very capable of competing for a title and winning a title like do they have the depth to right now they don't but like the starting five can hang with anyone in the nba and you kind of have to you kind of have to roll with it you kind of have to set some expectation it's not a rebuilding team you don't get like 
two years of games for uh, Kuminga or Wiseman to kind of explore who they are type of thing going on. I uh, I, I kind of honestly thought that Jamichael Green was going to give him these type of minutes because it's just it's right. what Jamichael energy makes a couple threes. And it's kind of disappointing, to be honest. And then also uh, Moody just didn't play tonight, which was a little disappointing as well. I thought they even just had a much better second uh, stint off the bench. Yeah. So I think that's just rust. Like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, cross him off the list for sure. I think he can still play impact minutes. But type of game tonight where another one where it's like, dude, you got four days off. You can go with an eight and a half man lineup. Kaminga played four minutes, which I thought were kind of up and down. But he just didn't see the floor again after that. But I mean, but look, before these guys, before we get the 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 chase down guys, uh, yeah, man, Steph, just can I just talk to Steph one more time? He he gave the he gave the night night celebration tonight. I think that was the first time he he dropped that this season. Uh, the three that he made to tie it up, insane, insane, because he's running backwards and then he looks away after he shoots the ball. And then the one where the he shoots two a, man game with Draymond. Like, how many times ends. have they done that? It'll never end to everyone for ever, a turn, ever. right? Yeah. Uh, Dray- Draymond better be on this team next season, by the way. Just I'm watching these first twelve games and I'm just like, <laughs> he better, I'd be better be on the team next season. Just Steph Curry carrying this team, and then and then the last and then the last shot, the three that he made were. Uh, clay illegal screen truck stick love that because the rest were awful tonight and clef and clay and stuff <laughs> closes it out so dude i don't know man that's just a classic feels like a felt like a playoff game did it kind of sort uh of. Def- yeah definitely from the warriors perspective because it's like you dig yourself in as big a hole as they have every yeah. game feels every game is going to feel tight until they put themselves back into like appropriate playoff range where we can have games off and yeah. the normal stuff we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think it's time to get to the chase down, guys. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get Justin and Carter up here. What's going on, boys? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, Let's do it. What's why up, did guys? I? Why did I agree? Uh, it's one in the morning. <laughs> I'm pissed. What? What are we doing? What am I doing? Hey, are you sober? The time change. I, I didn't choose self care. That's for damn sure. Andy, I ch- yeah. I chose sobriety tonight. That's how much oh, I value you guys giving us this invite. <sighs> Man, I, I wish you. I wish you didn't. But I appreciate you. You know. <laughs> I'm 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 getting old. I I can't stay sharp when I'm all uh all loopy like I used to. <laughs> I thought that Carter, was a Carter staring in the abyss. By the way, just just for, know, the, why, for why guys you... that that can see audio, Carter staring into the abyss. <laughs> for the, for speaking. everyone watching, for everyone watching on YouTube, yeah, Car- Carter has the face I have. Um, 
at least seven times this year <laughs> after Warriors <laughs> losses. So I can I can relate to that face. Um, I, I think my overarching take is you guys are you guys are even better than I thought in general. I know you guys feel very disappointed by the mm-hmm. Cavs performance, but like well, here's know, the thing. I don't feel Watching. disappointed by the performance. I in fact I'm we were running through all the all the stuff that isn't going super well for the Cavs right now, and it's like mm-hmm. not a short list and they're eight and four. So yeah. it's like like Isaac Okoro forgot how to play basketball. Uh pretty got, got like five of those on our team. So um <laughs> Darius is shooting thir- like I think Darius' splits are like 37, 31, and 81, and he's played five games. Yeah. Um you know, like uh, there, there's plenty of stuff that's not going awesome. They've had bad health uh, luck uh, early on, and they're still pretty darn good. So I, I, I would not put this in the class as the the last two losses to the Kings and the Clippers, where I thought the Cavs played pretty lazy California flu type basketball. Um, but in this one, I thought, you know, I thought the Warriors were just really good and 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 won the game, and it sucked because yeah. They had lost yeah. two in a row going into it, and that's why you don't screw around and lose the Kings, I guess. Yeah, and I, I thought it was a really good game. Um, I think the the Warriors' experience definitely showed down the stretch. Uh, Garland, last two games, I, I know he was battling the the flu against Sacramento. Kind of still looks a little bit lethargic. Uh, obviously, he's still playing with one eye because uh, Gary Trent Jr. is a terrorist. With the um, criminal but... <laughs> Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> Known criminal. Um, but yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was a good game. I, I thought it was entertaining. Um, it was back and forth. Uh, a little preview of Chapter 5 of this rivalry, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm uh, saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like a, a lot of it does feel fixable. And, and while like the Isaac Okoro factor is, is an unknown, Garland playing better is probably something that that he safe looked, to make. He was bad tonight. I was. Yeah. I'm a I'm a Garland guy. I I think way more than than Sam is a Garland guy. I've, uh, I've my entire fantasy team is built around Garland, so I'm a Garland guy. Whether you're I want a Garland guy now, I was Garland guy last year. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's struggling. So maybe it's the eye thing. His face looks weird. Yeah, I, um, I, I think he's still probably under the weather. If I had to guess, um, yeah. I, I know that uh, when he they looks play... like he has a black eye still. So yeah, well, there's there's definitely that factor. But I, I know like when they played the Lakers, the the Lakers basically had like a team wide flu going around it, and it's kind of felt the same way. This this felt like a better game. Like I thought the Cavs gave good defensive effort. Um, the, the two previous games, you know, they're both kind of third game in four nights. Uh, these guys are playing like their internal clock, both with being on the West Coast and with the time changes like the, the start times are like 11 p.m. or 1130 p.m. depending on the night. And I think that's a factor. But I thought it was a really good game. And uh, I'm I'm just a little mad at you guys that uh, this <laughs> is the time where the Warriors decide, you know what? We're just not going to play Wiseman. Like, yeah, what it would yeah. So, yeah, what 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 is this about? What is this about? Because I, I, I've heard that you like, get there's this budding back. God. There's, there's this budding rivalry between Evan Mobley and James Wiseman on on who's the better prospect and all. Evan that. Mobley and missed seven shots one, tonight. James Wiseman missed zero shots. That, uh, exactly right. Uh, so so that was disappointing. Uh, Dante did did look great. Like I, I feel like he so? stabilizes your bench yeah. uh, so much, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those bench numbers change as you play Wiseman a little less and have Dante yeah. out there. Yeah. So so. Give me your guys. I, I I love like crowdsourcing kind of you don't watch every Warriors game. So like what mm-hmm. your overall impressions walking into this team. Obviously, it's a different bench than 
what they had in the finals, which everyone watched last year. Yeah. Yeah. Go well, ahead, Justin. well, obviously Jordan Poole uh, kind of broke out of his slump. I've watched a little bit of Warriors this year. Um, I, I thought he had a better game. And I do think having Dante out there as another ball handler is really helpful. Like I, I know that uh, he, he wasn't, he didn't have any points on the night, but just having that other ball handler out there, having him as somebody that they could throw on Garland uh, and, and kind of be disruptive on the defensive end. I thought he did a really good job of that. And as the Cavs kind of staggered those Garland and Mitchell minutes, especially when Okoro and Jetty were out there who are both struggling, you could really kind of sell out defensively. And, and that kind of stuff, like those kind of in-game adjustments to me is typical Warriors basketball, right? Like we're going to really try to take away your bread and butter and make you beat us in other ways. And I think for a young Cavs team playing a team with this kind of experience, that's that's really valuable for them. Be, uh, be, be honest. Be honest. Oh, wait, no, go, Carter. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, it's just, you know, like I, you started this podcast saying, like, the timeline is is Steph and like yeah. it still feels the same. You know, it sucks. Like, yeah, like <laughs> that's still the Warriors. Uh, like and like, I feel like pool. Uh, you know, I love watching pool play. I think he is like something even on his bad games. I think the aesthetics of his game just really, really vibe with like my basketball sensibilities. And it's just another movement shooter in general. Yeah. Big <laughs> vibes, uh, except for some, some, some players. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, yes. I think that we've already I think put, we've that, put that behind us. I, I'm sure you have. Uh, I, I think that it is really, really, hard for kevin love and dudes like kevin love to guard this team still you know like i I felt like that i feel like when i watched this game like it's so clear that they just needed to excise the dudes who can't play right now like because that you look across the the box score no one has my no one's negative plus minus they didn't have any lineups that just killed them in this game and i think and then you look at the Cavs and love okoro jetty all played bad or you know are bad fits and the Cavs lost those minutes and they lost the game the that's because the warriors went oh and five on a road trip and they had no choice but to treat every game like Mm -hmm. it's the nba finals right now that that's where the as as warriors fans they have no choice they have to not you they would probably prefer right now to be eight and three coming in like the Cavs were and you would have seen Wiseman tonight and you would have seen Wiseman for 22 minutes and the Warriors would have lost by 26 but you didn't because that's <laughs> not gonna happen right now the Warriors are in a very very bad place and they have to go back to playing like the Warriors which Sam and I think is hilariously ironic because you keep trying to go away from who you are and the further you go away the, the more you have to come back just to win games like tonight the more feels like you've it- been advocating for that for years basically like just <laughs> every off-season. focus on warriors basketball like just you know e- e- mix in a little more stuff like just spam some stuff pick and roll let's just play some warriors basketball let's simplify things like let's lean in on our strengths and and it's just so funny that there's always seems to be kind of this push and pull with the the warriors of like not fully embracing what was Diamond saying Diamond. <laughs> oh, God. this is my current favorite internet meme by the way where the um <laughs> The the LeBron pick from what was it when he was talking about how he knew the, the uh, Kobe. The, yeah, the he Kobe knew he knew Kobe was going for eighty. <laughs> you gotta that read one. it out. You gotta read <laughs> the, this. The best part about that quote is that he's like, 
I told my friends Kobe was going for a 70. Like it's that, that little I don't know why I don't know why I said that. It's, <laughs> it's that little liar. bit where a because if you say liar. 80, everyone's going to roll their eyes. It's the 70. It's that effortless, like, you know, I was slightly off on the detail, but then as the game went on, I was like, you know what? I, I feel a level of confidence that he's probably going to get 80 now. I, I, I respect people who lie for no reason. I think it is such a fun personality trait. That's that's why Carter and I like get along harmless, so well. Harmless white lies. Like, yeah, like, like Carter knows that I'm the king of the harmless run. white lie. Yeah. Do that. I, I will lie to make people feel comfortable. And I, I think in LeBron's case, he just never wants to give a bad quote. Like he, he never Dude, wants I, to like that's a not, good take. I, I think he just doesn't because he's like had cameras in his face since he was 15. I think he just always wants to be interesting and he never wants like a person to like bring up. Oh, this. Do you know this Liverpool legend? Uh, no, sorry. Oh, I, I, I don't know you. It's yeah. It, 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 it's yeah. I, I, I didn't get to watch you a lot, but I've seen your highlights. I know like it, you always have to give a good quote. He said on the pitch, like he knew, like, like <laughs> that's very he was unique. Out of saying that, like that was like he was like, pretty Yo, I know that's what it, <laughs> he used unique twice, which is great. That's um, my guy. Let's let's get back All to right, the game just a little boys. bit here. I I think it's um, I think it's interesting that Cleveland. First off, they have as close to an ideal front line to frustrate the Warriors as possible, and for like large stretches of the game they abused the Warriors inside yeah. and had the ability to, you know, make their shooters uncomfortable enough. Like obviously I'm talking about Evan Mobley and, and Jared Allen. And uh, it's still kind of, it was, are they going to hit enough shots when Kevin loves on the floor? That's like mm-hmm. really kind of the game changer there for, for the Warriors at this point, because I don't know what else, I don't know what else the Warriors could do with that matchup. Yeah. yeah I mean, and- like, I feel like the Warriors generated enough like like I feel like there's this expectation from fans that like you're just not going to give up open threes to the Warriors if you just focus hard enough and you are like like I don't I, like I think that the Cavs gave up an acceptable amount of open threes tonight because yeah. they can't you know I think they navigated all the split cuts super well I think and I think that you know the real benefit of Mobley and Allen is that when you do fuck up you still might contest the layup like when 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 they slip it and like Draymond had some ugly misses and and, and Steph had a couple no chances too uh, though he was pretty killer most of the game so I mean I think that they yeah, do have the right personnel and the guards worked pretty hard in this game I, I was fine with the defensive effort yeah. the range yeah. um, th- that always sticks out to me with like uh, someone like Evan Mobley or even Jared Allen or just like oh. Uh, they were able to erase that, even though they seemed kind of out of the play. Like, like if it's a an average big man in the NBA, you're like, all right, well, Steph's going to finish this inside, but they're able to get there. Um, and, and it's not like the old DeAndre Jordan, like mm-hmm. make up for your mistakes, where it's like you're making a mistake. It's like, no, they can afford to play more aggressively. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's a mistake. Oftentimes, when they're you know a step or two further than the offensive player would expect, they just know they can get back. Yeah, and I definitely feel like uh, Dean Wade kind of being a late scratch in this game, he would have been really helpful for the Cavs, like uh, another kind of 6'9", 6'10", mobile defender that can hit some shots. Um, the the other weird thing that seems to be going on is how old Neto's been active the last few games, but he hasn't played, and he was a, a real big difference maker for the Cavs in a lot of those games, especially against Boston. And he did take a hard fall in Detroit and, and he was banged up prior to that. So I don't know if this is a situation where he's like available, but 
the preference is let's rest him and get him healthy. But uh, having a backup point guard to kind of spell Garland and Mitchell, as much as you want one of them on the court at all times, I think having another ball handler is going to make a difference. So whether it's Howell Neto, whether it's Ricky Rubio later in the season, I think having those guys is going to make a big difference. By the way, Mitchell looks, Mitchell looks incredible. I gotta, I gotta, I, uh, I was scared. Like, oh, I was scared when he went down at the at the end of the game. And, and then yeah. you saw, and then you saw the replay, and you're like, "I'm just not going to talk about this because uh, <laughs> he clearly fluffed." I got, I got a take for y'all. I'm interested in because uh, Draymond Green starts starts the season. He looks incredible, and uh, we've been, you know, we've been uh, talking to each other for a long time. And uh, how must it feel to be a Cavs fan to still be looking at Draymond Green do good things on a basketball court? Because it's got to be. Hey, Steph, I get. Steph, I get it. Look, mm-hmm. he's, he's great. But Draymond, he's screaming. He gets a steal off Evan Mobley, which is you're just like, Dude. Oh, I, I hate watching <laughs> Steph kill me so much more than watching Draymond. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, yeah, Steph, yeah, yeah. it's like Draymond is like, I, I don't Draymond to me is like you know like when Magic and Bird talk like talk now and like kind of are buddy sure. buddy about how they used to go to war. That's kind of how I feel about Draymond. Like he doesn't really like rile me up at this phase because it's like it's like an old it's an old villain, you know. Like and, and like, plus he like he gives half of them back, right? Like with the the technicals and, and like Hilarious. weird fouls and stuff like that. Like he 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 gives as many good plays to the Cavs as he does to the Warriors. What's with Steph? What drives me nuts? And, and I I like Steph. I, I respect Steph. What drives me nuts is you can always see it coming. And, and it's <laughs> it's inevitable. Like he winds up like a freaking cobra, and like you can just tell. Okay, he's he's getting his legs set. He's going to take some sort of audacious three. Like you can tell when he's about to take the shot or what he's about to do. But there's nothing you can do about it. Like you can already tell. Okay, that defender is like a half step behind. This is going to be a good look for him. And, and that's what drives me nuts is Bro. when you're watching from the broadcast view and, and you can see everything that's happening out there, you know exactly when Steph yeah. is about to take a shot. You know exactly when he's going to exploit something in the defense. And it, it's it's exhausting, but it, it's also impressive that he's still doing this at the, at this stage of his career. Dude, a significant portion of Cavs, sorry, Sam, a significant portion of Cavs Twitter invested a lot of mental resources into like minimizing Steph. Or like you know, it, you know, implying that he was never that good, and I never was among that group. He scared the shit out of me. He felt unfair. He felt inevitable, and like you know, like that's why 2016 was so special to me because mm-hmm. like we finally like slowed this asshole down, you know. So <laughs> like I, I feel like I I have like PTSD. No I have PTSD when when Steph starts getting hot in a way that I don't with Draymond. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I got a, that brings me to another thing. Uh, we think we feel that this is Steph's version of LeBron in 2018, where he's mastered both uh, the skill part of the game, where he's just obviously great, but also the mental where it's just, you know, that become the apex the version of himself, right? Cause like, this is not Steph's most athletic version. Uh, he's not as quick as he used to be. I mean, look at him. You guys know very well, 2014, 15, 16, way quicker. But this is probably the version you're like, yes, those, Steph knows exactly what he's doing it, when he's going to doing it, when he's going to do it. And that felt like LeBron when he was running through the East in, in that 2018 season where he's just like, I'm just going to sit on DeMar DeRozan when I want to. And when I don't, like, eh, 
You know what I mean? Like he could just do what he wants. And then he just kind of ran into to Stefan KD, which is a different story. But Carter but probably knows exactly that? where I'm going with this, yeah. which is <laughs> I, I think I think his 2018 season is like the most overrated. Like he was special Ooh. in that run. Wow. But LeBron was not a good defensive player in 2018 at all. And, and like that always gets brought up as like his peak season. And I feel like that's just kind of like the peak martyred, martyrdom like right. narrative season because which, Nance got which, hurt. Guys. Hit, Yes, kind of there. <laughs> Nance got hurt. Hill got hurt. Like he had to do the most with the least that year. Like they almost lost round one to Indiana, and like oh, this sets off, up this sets up Andy's analogy even better. Yeah, and, and he like he hit the game it's winners and all that. You're, but he'd you're also, making Steph a martyr, even if he's not doing it. <laughs> right, right. But but at that point, like the, the defense was so brutal from him. Like it. it he had to do the most with the least, but I don't think that that was that was that, was that like, the season Windhorse wrote the article about oh, how yeah. he's um, <laughs> saving himself on defense and how it's smart. Like, um, I don't know. There's been a billion of those over the years. He was doing that basically the whole Cleveland. You also have to remember that Justin was at his grumpiest with LeBron in 2018 oh, yeah, and he was the most over it. And was can, it, can I was just ready say to I sign right. up for four seasons of uh, of pain? I mean, you um, guys do have a very joyous team now. So, like, yes, you, we do. You did, Sam you did gets win it. the you did I was award. right. Uh, I was yeah, right. I, I yeah. said, you know what? I want to build know what something wrong organic. Saying we the can first build year, something organic. You said the first year after LeBron left, that garbage year where we fired Ty Lue, you're like, I had more fun than in 2018. I'm like, you're God, you idiot. sound like you sound like Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> I really was. I really went full Steve Kerr I was there. So I was so like, mad at you. I was so mad at those takes. But yeah, ultimately, like it it feels like to actually answer your question, which Justin failed to do. Uh, no, in yeah, any meaningful I had a way. he just had to go straight into <laughs> crapping on LeBron because he can't help himself. Because uh, for anyone who's in the chat, Justin loves LeBron. He just doesn't like him. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I think it's there's like something family, to that. So. There's something to that in, in terms of his control in the game. And like, but like, I don't know, like he's just I feel like Steph even more than LeBron, because LeBron's I feel like LeBron's skill arc is much more visible than Steph's. Like, I feel like Steph just like hit an unbelievably high plateau and just kind of stayed flat. But the fact that he stayed flat is insane because his the bar is so high. So I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that just because like I think we watched like watch 2015 LeBron and then watch 2018 LeBron and the skill level is meaningfully different. It's not just control of the game. Like LeBron's ability to score in the eight to 15 foot range right. is way, way different. Like I don't think Steph's gotten any more skilled than he was. He just already was unreal so, skilled. So the difference for the difference for Steph is I think he's, <laughs> he's built out his body more. So like he's stronger and he's got more endurance. Like, uh, a big part of Cleveland's success against um, Steph specifically, like uh, when they when they face each other in the finals in like 15, 16, that is like they wore him down. Like, is it easy to wear him down at that point? No, but like inevitably they did. And um, I just I don't think he gets worn down anymore. I think it's he's he's made the point that like he spent all this time like working on his conditioning to to get there and like how much of it is intelligence to not waste energy at moments you don't need to like things you do when you're 27 that you're not gonna do at 34 versus how much of it is like weird workouts in the off season. Um, 
it's hard to say, but like that's that's where you see the most meaningful difference in Steph. It's not like he it's not like he developed a new shot though. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like oh he couldn't he couldn't hit from you know eighteen feet now he can. You know, like that's right. not where it is. It's like boom, you know, Boston was trying to wear him down, and that and that's I think maybe the younger version of Steph gets worn down a little bit. Oh, we got we got to play worse. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, he couldn't dribble left, so it turns out that's a <laughs> thing you need in in basketball. Uh, super chat time from Antoine James. See, this is this is this is why we got you on. This is the stuff we need. Warriors have Evan Mobley instead of James Wiseman. Is the team perfect? I tell you what. I just I tell you what about Evan Mobley, man. The feel that he has on defense uh, reminds me of when Draymond Green came into the league, where you're just like, I don't need to watch more than 20 minutes. I know he's going to be a great defender. Like I'm good. I don't I don't yeah. need to see any more. I'm good. He's he he'll get he'll get better. But I'm good. I know. I'll spin it a I'll spin it another way. List the big men you'd rather have over Evan Mobley for this specific Warriors team. Um forget like, you know, contracts, age, any of that. Like the only players you're taking over him are, you know, like the obvious, like Giannis. Yeah, yeah we don't count. I, I was gonna um, say, yeah, if we're counting Giannis, it's a big he, sure, like guys in their prime. Um, but I, I wanna say like I don't get beyond five before like Evan Mobley is the player I'd want. And that's with the concept of competing right now, not like thinking about like, who do I want over a five-year window or anything like that, which just kind of speaks to not only how talented he is, but just like how perfect his skill set would be for the Warriors team. Cause he's a pretty damn good passer too. Like yeah, I would well, say, honestly, that's more impressive than his scoring ability in some all ways. Right, all right. To rely, yeah, relax. So I think <laughs> it's, uh, and the defense goes without saying just to be clear. Yeah. But yes, I, I think the question is especially salient because, like, the whole spirit of the Wiseman pick was like to actually extend the timeline and to be that bridge that says, you know, actually we can let Draymond go. He's a headache. You know, we can, re- mm-hmm. you know, he's 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 getting older. He's starting to lose it. Uh, and like you think about like a generational <laughs> Draymond for this team. You know, someone who's sure you know super cerebral can quarterback the defense. Um, can. Connect with superior and, I mean, physical gifts, yeah. Yeah, he would play so well with Stephen Clay, though. Uh, Evan Mobley's never uh, made contact on a screen yet in his career. We'll get neither him does there. Wiseman, neither does Wiseman. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get him there. So, like, he I feel get like, on the court anymore. So, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's I just feel like so much of like what what the Warriors front office and ownership probably wanted Wiseman to be is what Mobley is. Um, yeah. and, and that's what, that's what stinks about this it. Guy, you know? And, and ironically, like <laughs> if Wiseman could just be what Jared Allen is like, Jared Allen would be a perfect fit for the Warriors. Like a, a, a big that can run the floor, make contact, get rebounds, like his passing ability. But yeah, Mobley would, would be a damn perfect fit. And especially if like clay kind of gets back to, to being clay and, and continues to get more comfortable, um, like what you would be able to do with those guys on the court would would just be absurd. You guys it, uh, it would be re- it'd be really my favorite unique. my favorite parts like the uh the grin on both your faces where you're just like I have zero zero pity for you. You guys didn't randomly luck into drafting another generational player. You know? Yeah, well not I also I also just remember like us talking about it around the draft and like sure. all all four of us were basically like 
Wiseman would be a mistake. <laughs> we should probably be bald. Uh, I was no, kind of, no. I was kind of a fan of Wiseman. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, you guys, so wing and a miss. We, uh, how happy are you that Jalen Green went second? You know, Jalen Green might be a good basketball player, but dude, he ain't dude. have a mobile. Well, on, a on the lottery, fans, pa- Rockets. Real quick, Justin. Rockets fans have galaxy brained their way into saying, "Well, listen." We probably wouldn't want Mobley and Jabari together. So yeah, it's probably Jabari's a good thing that we took Jalen. <laughs> no, like, nope. I, I remember the lottery podcast. Like, Carter and I were ecstatic. We're like, we're getting Jalen Green. This is really cool. Like, we're, we're going to have Jalen Green. Like, it'll be a little weird with Sexton. But, you know, this is going to be really fun. He'll be great with Garland. Um, because both of us, like, had Mobley as, like, the clear 1B of the draft class. And then reports started coming out. And, like, the next few podcasts were... Well, like, if this isn't a smokescreen and Mobley's actually falling to us, you just sprint to the podium and take him. Like, you you don't think twice about it. You don't entertain any trade offers. You don't do anything. And then as it kept getting closer and closer to draft, like, I just didn't believe it that it was actually going to happen. But, you know, he had the relationship with Kevin Porter Jr. And and they uh, they thought that that was the direction to go. And I, I'm like, I love Jalen Green. I, I love the top of the draft class. We were both really high on Scotty Barnes uh, coming into that draft as well. So uh, that, that was one of the ones we nailed. Uh, but we've also been hilariously wrong on I, other ones. So, by the you know. way, Scott, Scotty, Bar- the Scotty Barnes untouchable for KD stuff. By the way, KD tweeted uh, uh, a tweet I about saw. Steph today. So oh, I saw. he's on the way back. Give him a couple more weeks here. <laughs> the Warriors, the, you know, sniffing around. Come home, Kevin. <laughs> big, uh, big Jim and Dumbo. Nice. They, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Um Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto's another team doing the two timelines thing, man. Like I, I think that's that's why I, I was actually curious where you're going with Scotty. I'm a, I'm a I'm a Scotty yeah, guy. Yeah, I think he's kind of overrated. I think he's kind of overrated. I think it's kind of overrated. It's it's like this. It's it, it, the, I think when <sighs> you say he's untouchable for Kevin Durant, it, too far, too far. Uh, I I not, I not with the most miserable that. player of his generation. You I know in the misery, man. Too far. The guy, no, I, I I agree with that. Honestly, I, I I agree that he should be untouchable with that because I think Toronto, if you're going to lean in on one of the timelines, you go with the younger guys. Like you almost like sell off Van Vliet and Siakam and lean in on like you, Trent, OG, and all those guys. Oh, no. Like Siakam's obviously taking a step forward, but if I'm looking to consolidate, if I'm Toronto, it's Trent and OG with like three no. first round picks to to see what's going no. on out there. Like. I, I wouldn't move on from Scotty because with Scotty, especially the fact that they're developing kind of like the point forward stuff, a big point forward that can defend like that is like one of the rarest things you can find in basketball. So I think you have to kind of lean in on the upside of that because even if they trade, like it would probably be more than Scotty anyways, right? Like it would be yeah. Scotty, OG and stuff for KD. You look, I don't you, you know, know. I don't know if that's winning a championship. We'll they, they're already one of the, the most thin teams in the league. We'll take them back. We'll take it, them back. You guys, you guys. <laughs> look, you're, you're not slick. The Cavs get good again, and all of a sudden the Warriors are scrambling to add KD. I, I see what's happening. <laughs> get these guys out of here. The game. Get these guys, Carter, Justin, Sirs. I know it's late. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate both of you guys, man. Much love. Thanks love so much boys for having too. us, man. Have a good it's one. It's nice to be back. Go Cavs. <laughs> See you guys in June. I still yeah, hate losing to you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was uh, good. That was good. I think it's time to see if we have... Do we have any goons? 
today. Well, I haven't well, I haven't um linked out the the link. So, you know, that's okay. that's gonna hurt our ability to get goons. That that might. That might. I thought we had to stream yard out in the nothing. Oh, do we got some good quotes? Maybe uh uh Tim, maybe throw that one out. Maybe throw the ninety seven 957 tweet up there. Maybe let's let's go riff on some uh Steve Kerr quotes if he has some. Oh, here we go. Dream on Green's reaction to seeing the box score. Evan Mobley at 20 points. I don't like that. He's a stud though. <laughs> okay. All right, Draymond. I thought Draymond was fantastic defensively tonight. I thought it was really good. I you know what my my overarching take on this team is as annoying as gutting the bench was and the two timeline thing and Anthony Lamb playing 24 minutes, even though he played really well. Sure. They really do just feel like one bench addition away from me feeling yeah. like they got kind of like a better version of Anthony Lamb. And I'm all in on this team being able to defend it. They need, they need auto back. They need a player like that. where you're just like someone to throw in the big man rotation. Who's kind of, you know, a big for the Warriors, maybe a wing, you know, that type of guy. And, um, you know, maybe Moses Moody breaks back into the rotation and all of a sudden it's like, that's like nine guys. That's, I, you know, they're, they're, it's not as deep as last year, but it's like, I, I feel if everyone's healthy, they can go to battle with most teams if they're locked in. I think I, w- I really like Kerr's rotations tonight. I know I was saying that at halftime. I actually mm-hmm. thought it was a pretty good first half. I texted you at halftime, like, hey, they're going to win this game by 10 points. Uh, kind of off. But uh, the, the the defense I thought was great. I, I thought it was, man. I, you're not going to ever shut down a team as good as, as that team with so many kind of blue chip players that they have. I also think, though, they are missing defensively that um, it, it's like when you have defensive players like Talano Hufanga who may not be great defensively, but he's just going to make a crazy play. He's just going to make a pick. Yeah, the G- the GP2, like, I'm just going exactly. to jump a passing lane and change the momentum. They don't have that. Like, they have guys that play really, really good defense. Like, tonight, they got Wiggs out there, Loon, uh, Steph, Draymond. Like, those guys play really, really solid defense. But they don't Quite change true. a game. Yeah, well, not, you know, at the end. But they don't. Sure. They just don't, like, hey, I'm just going to get the ball. I'm going to pick six and get a dunk and let's get going. So, I... I that's one thing that they're missing. I was hoping that Kaminga could be that guy. It's not happening right now. So maybe, maybe Dante. Dante was good defensively tonight too. He was solid. So maybe he he becomes better uh, at, at doing that, right? But that was a big thing with the Warriors last season, where you're just like, yeah, GP2 is just com- going to come in and get a pick six, and it's going to be it's going to be sick. Anyway, um, we got some goons. All right, let's get to the goons. All right, all right. Archie, what's up, bro? What's up, guys? How are you? Sir, uh, you know, good. Always better after a win. Oh, always, always. Um, I just had Steph praise. I don't really have too much of an analysis. Um, we need. It's all we want. Steph just, praise is always allowed. It's just amazing, man. Like I, I don't. I run out of words. A lot of times, I'm just we're used to what he can do at a high clip. Um, but to just see the performance that he put on, um, as well as just how our defense for the most part, really kind of shored up a lot um, in the fourth quarter. Uh, No lie, I really thought that we were going to lose the game just based off of some of the calls that we were kind of getting. It just felt like one of those games, you know, we get frustrated and you know what happens normally in those games. But um, just for him to, like, the will to take over the game the way that he does um, at 34 years old, um, I saw like a ESPN stat. He's like the first person since like uh, with Wizards Jordan to have back-to-back 40 games at 34. 
Um, it's just amazing. Right. It's a it's amazing to watch it. Um, I think for Warriors fans, just regardless of where they are, um, I'm from Baltimore, so um, I've been a Warriors fan since. Uh, Baron Davis is the reason I became a Warriors fan. Um, nice. He came when he was in Charlotte. Uh, he was just one of my favorite players, and I fell in love with the the fan base um, watching Oracle games. Um, but to say that there was another player past that obviously being Steph to kind of surpass that for me was, you know, such a big thing, but I just hope Warriors fans really don't take for granted uh, what we have with Steph. I know that we get into like these arguments or, you know, discussions about, are we doing a two timeline thing? Are they wasting his prime? You know, whatever the case may be, we can talk about all that, but you know, the artistry of what he does night in and night out, like the definition of superstar should be his face. Like I, I've just I've ran out of literal words for some of the things that we've seen. So I think the team will continue to figure things out. I think last time I was on here, I told you guys I wasn't worried. Uh, we'll we'll see how I feel in a couple of games. <laughs> but you know the fact that he's doing this heavy lifting at this age, I hope that you know Jordan Poole, Kaminga, Moody, even some of the guys that aren't breaking rotation. I hope they're just kind of watching this and understanding this is what a superstar does. This is the difference between you know, him and, you know, Devin Booker and it's no shade oh, yeah. or anything like that. Oh, yeah. It's just, there's levels to the shit and he's, he's top tier. Yep. That's all I got. Yeah. Appreciate it, Archie. <laughs> I have like, nothing to add to that. that. I know. I mean, really good. I do think he brought up one thing that you and I often forget to bring up, which is like, he's 34 years old. He's going to be 35 in a couple months to just be playing at this level. And none of us being like, you know, well, he's close to the end, that sort of thing. Like he's he's older than Russell Westbrook. He's older than James Harden. Look at where those guys are. You know what I mean? And it's like not even an insult to them. That's just kind of how careers go usually. And meanwhile, thirty looks like he's got another five years in him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right, let's get to the next one. Oh, yo, boy, yes, sir, how we my doing? Guy. My guy, good. Uh, it was great to finish I, the best one of the season. I mean, I just joined the pod. I just, I've only heard the last caller, so I don't know what you guys have heard. Mm. I, I don't want to be redundant, but no. best one no, of the season, best one of the season kind of easily. Uh, and I guess my question is with, oh, and hey, Meredith, uh, the new Warriors fan. We oh, just, look at we, that. The look boys. at that. I mean, the like, boys. Yeah, yeah, we, well, yeah, yeah. We, we, guys, guys, she's been watching every Warriors game with me this year. I mean, she is so committed. We're getting her clay jersey. We're going to MSG. Ooh, clay going jersey. To, you better be to, careful. I know, but it's, it's, she, she, of all the players on the team, she would have sex with. It's clay. It's clay. Course, so, like, I mean, we got to get her the clay yeah, jersey. Yeah, of course. Um, but we're, we're going, we're going to MSG when they come here. And if, if anybody rests, hey, actually, you know, before my question, do you guys think they're going to rest for the Nets game or the Knicks game? It's a back to back. Is that back to back? Which it's one's a back-to-back. the front end? Nick's is, is front end in December 21st. Nets is 22nd. What game says Nick's, right? Gut says the Nets are going to get yeah, the rest, but the it's end. too early. It's too early to project that, on that. That's spot. why I'm waiting on tickets. But uh, my hope is I went to the Nets last year and it was a great, it was like one of Steph's better regular right. season games last year. But I want to go, I want to be an MSG. So I'm hoping we go to that game, but she's going to get a clay jersey. But uh, I guess. Um, with how Steph is playing right now over the last three games and how they've looked post sitting the elephant in the room, 
does what he's looking like make the the idea of trading him for even a role player more immediate than what it has been in the past, you know, coming into the season, the first five, six games? I mean, are, are we at the point, do we think the front office realizes they fucked up and it's time to move on or no? Do we think they're like going to be stubborn to the death type of thing? Sam? <laughs> I, I think it's too early to, to say on that. Um, the reality of the matter is, based off of what you saw in the first 10 games and the fact that he didn't play last year, are you giving up a role player if you're another team for him? Or are you asking the Warriors to throw in a pick? See, it's like mm-hmm. at some, it's it's a little, like I understand he's young. I understand there's a lot of teams who are like, I want to, I want to take my shot at developing him. Um, but that doesn't mean they're willing to overpay for it. So I think it's, I think it's tricky for the Warriors. I think he has to get back in the rotation, at least show something. And then it's an actual conversation. Cause in right now he's D-League. just a sunk cost. If, yeah, you're the, but, if you're the Warriors, would you not give up a pick? I mean, look at the current no. roster construction right now and how young it is. What are picks doing for us next year with how young the roster? Would you not give up a first round pick? Here's the, here's the problem. A, a they Yaka can't move back. They can't move their 2023 first because they mm-hmm. traded their 2025 first, which means they can't move their 2025 first, which means because. the first pick they can trade is in 2026 when Steph will be 38 years old. And then you actually run into the scenario where you might actually want to keep that one. Otherwise, you might look like the Lakers just gifting another team i was gonna say are the warriors the lakers uh, at this point i I, I just i think it's trickier than um like he's got a he's not gonna play right now they have to get him on the court playing better than he looked before and then let's let's talk about it a little bit like the young guys last year i feel like i think we would all agree they really thrived on any of the games where the vets took off it was like there would be these great pool and kaminga games moody had like a 30 point game when when everybody was sat is the idea we keep him not playing and then on like nights off, like back to backs, this is when he should come in, get 28 minutes yep. and look good. And then that can build his stock. Like we're at the point where the, the front office knows Wiseman would go before Kaminga, right? Like there's no question or debate between that. I would assume by Kaminga playing at least spot minutes, right? I would think yeah. so. I would think so. I mean, he also just fits as a basketball player. I don't know if he fits with the Warriors, but theoretically as a, wing player he's going to fit better but man if there's one team that's going to hold on forever it's going to be the warriors <laughs> i was thinking about the delo trade and how it was kind of surprising uh but then you also heard in the background how much the warriors hated delo as a player not as a person as right. a player sure um i don't know if the warriors are there yet with wiseman but you do hear some stuff about hey hey at least delo can lead a bench celebration i guess you know we God, those guys were depressing today again, huh? On the on, on the bench, just again. I mean, ter- they looked terrible. They looked yeah. they looked so miserable. On the, the only miserable. person on the bench that was excited when anything was going on was when fucking Steph was standing there uh, on his feet when he was on the bench yeah. celebrating. Nobody else yeah. was celebrating. It, it's it's funny it's, how it's, it's tough a, to watch. Uh, someone in their mid thirties has more energy than than teenagers. It's it's just you know, not good. I don't know. It's not how uh, life works, you know. I'll let you guys move on. Entitlement but, uh, is the meekest. Can't wait, appreciate can't wait you, the next one. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. It's um, can I just can I, before you do that, just Mika's just throwing his phone over with his with his girlfriend in the in the bath. Just the guy, he is a madman, and we respect like <laughs> who are crazy as Mika's. All right, there you go. Yeah, Mika's the man. Um, 
it's getting a little tiresome to dance around the reality of the Warriors young players, which is they're, they're not bought in right now. You know, like it's kind of, I'm going to try to be gentle with this, but like you said, did they seem happy that the Warriors were making a run with them on the bench or did they seem like they were annoyed they weren't playing? I'm with you. Look <laughs> okay. They look miserable. No, they look miserable. Yeah. No, no, they look, they look miserable. I think only once they move beyond that, positive can come, honestly, like on this team. Like once they let that go a little bit, then things could change. But I hate how that's such a big deal. Like at first, when I at first when I said it, it kind of half joking me. Now it seems like it's an actual thing, which is kind of sad. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's get to it. Let's get to, let's get to Antoine. Yeah, let's go. Let's roll. Antoine, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, just wanted to start out by saying uh, what Archie said, just to uh, start off by saying we got to appreciate watching Steph Curry right now. Um, and I think what that is doing to the Warriors fan base is is kind of weird, a little generational. I was having an argument with my dad, and I see there's two opposite sides of the you know young guys argument, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are... Well, Lakeup, you know, kind of proved he was right last year. The young guys uh, can still, you know, he, not he didn't prove much. he's right in any way. Yeah, right. yeah, I know, I know, but that is the argument on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other side is we're watching one of the maybe eight to twelve best players of all time play on our favorite team, and we should be doing everything we can to maximize his chances of winning. But my dad did, I had an argument with him, and he did bring up a good point. Um, Just for this season, right, um, if you are trying to maximize your winning, who is that player that you would give up, you know, your lottery pick for? Even if it's not multiple ones, you're not combining all three or whatever, but who is that player out there that would help this team now? Heard you guys talking about their one, you know, kind of wingy, defensive, hit an open three bench player away. Um, you know, Otto Porter, if he could stay healthy, 82 games would be perfect, but that player doesn't exist right now. Who is that guy um, that you guys you think would, you would trade somebody young with the kind of potential of a Moody or Kaminga for, you know, this year and maybe one more year? Tough. I mean, in terms of the exact player, I mean, we can we can throw around names like everyone knows the Spurs are considering trading Jakob Pertl, who's their starting center. Um, and and that's a different type of player than the type you're, you're mentioning. To me, yeah. they need to add someone who can play in the front court for them because uh, they're playing Anthony Lamb, who's six, <laughs> six generously. Right. Yeah. Uh, as their third big. Um I think Dante can help them on the perimeter. I think Moody or Kaminga can also come around at some point as a perimeter body, but I want someone. And last year it was Otto Porter for them. Honestly, like Otto has been a wing his whole career, but he played big for them last year. Um, If they could add someone who just like takes a little pressure off Draymond and Looney, I just roll with it. I just roll with it. Like, honestly, if it's, if it's someone like Pirtle who, He'll never be a star, but he fits what the Warriors do perfectly. It's worth it. Even even if he doesn't have the upside of like the number seven overall pick, if he helps you get to the finals again, what what more can you really ask for? I, I mean, like you said, you're you're dealing with this is the best player any of us are gonna see wear a Warriors jersey. 
they're going to have to rebuild after he retires, no matter what. It's a question of it's going to be a long rebuild or like a, a quick rebuild, right? Um, yeah. I'm I, I'm of the opinion I'd rather just put all my chips out there and deal with the future when it comes because I don't want to sit here being like, well, we wasted the last two good years of Steph's prime trying to chase like the perfect future. You know, I mean, you can you can argue also you're not really giving up the future. <laughs> Yeah, how that's, much of the future are you? <laughs> how much of the future are you giving up? Jordan Poole's awesome. Uh, Kaminga, Moody, I think I think Moody's going to be fine. I think Kaminga, I think has a little more. Don't, that's already three guys, and then you've got Patrick Baldwin and Rollins. We have no idea if Baldwin and Rollins are going to be good. I saw Will Rollins had almost thirty points last night. That's five guys. You talk about the future. How much? And, and thanks, Anton. I know, I know we just had him. How, how much? How much "quote unquote" future are you giving away, right? If you're if you're talking about trading trading someone like a James Wiseman, anyway, we're, let's let's keep it moving with this Kevon Looney quote here. Um, you want me to read it out, Sam, or you you want it? Yeah, you read it out. Okay. This, is a, this is a good one. I like this one. This is this is a great way to kind of to to leave the show here. Kevon Looney on players that fit into the Warrior system. Quote: Guys who have a high IQ. We rely on spacing and cutting. Being on the court with all-stars, you have to know where to be at. The front office has done a great job of finding guys like that. Anthony Lamb is an example. End quote. Your thoughts? My thoughts are loony for GM. Um, <laughs> no, he's, he's right. Like, so much of what the Warriors do has to do with, like, can you react in real time to the havoc Steph costs or causes? Sorry. Like, so no one is ever going to be guarded like Steph Curry. He moves in all sorts of weird ways. So like IQ actually carries more weight than shooting in some in some capacities for his team. Like, Looney can't shoot. Looney's not a shooter. Draymond's also not a shooter. Uh randomly he'll hit a shot, but like he's not a shooter. Uh but like their ability to just make the right decision and move off of him makes them better. Um all that points to why it's like a bad environment for like a raw 20 year old to play in. But like overall, like, yeah, the smarter you are, the, the more you fit the worst. I saw Anthony lamb today, uh, have the ball at the extended free throw line, turn around and dribble to Steph in the corner as Steph was moving to give him the ball. Nothing happened on that play. Nobody scored. That was the first half. Nothing really happened, but that right there, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm in. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This guy, like this guy, knows how to play. Like Auto Porter did that day one. GP two mm-hmm. was setting screens for Steph day one. Uh, Bielitsa, pick and pop guy, fit in day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, it took him, a, it took him a year, but he got there pretty easily. Like he's not a dumb player, pretty easy. And you look at these guys. To your point, is it James Wiseman's fault? Like maybe, maybe, but maybe not actually, because. That's just not how he's ever played basketball. So how the hell do you expect a kid like that to learn to play that way? Um, same with Kaminga. Same with Kaminga. Moody, I, I think, you know, can, can probably figure that out at some point. He probably he still shoots a little much, but he'll figure that out. I saw Anthony Land do that, and I'm just like, dude, JTA used to do that all the time, remember? I mean, I used yeah. to get annoyed because JTA passed too much. But, dude, end of the day, it's better you pass the Steph than you try to look at your own shot. It's not like Kaminga's an efficient score right now anyway, right? Same with Damian Lee. So... I mean, yeah, Kevon Looney knows what's butter his bread, right? He's sitting there. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make like $30 million in my life because I know how to play with Steph. You know, screen, you know? screen, box out and pass to Steph. It's a good you life. Get to, you're good to go. You're good, good to life. go. By the way, Looney looked pretty good tonight against Mobley and Allen. That's pretty cool. Good Looney's, Looney, Looney cool. remains underrated. 
um, not among the light years fans and the warrior fans, but like in the general NBA sphere, like yeah. I feel like people don't understand how good a player he is. Like, um, and, and it's probably better for, you know, I know Joe Lacob's happy about it because he costs less money. So, um, but, but yeah, Looney, Looney's good. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do because they're, it's, it's working. What they do works, it works. but do they have enough guys? I to work think, the whole way, and that's what's going to be interesting. To see. Like that's, I feel like that's a story. Honestly, it it is because like we know they got like seven guys, and they're trying to get that to nine. They're trying to see what they have. You know, can can, can I can I make a prediction here? Um, yeah, I know it's ten forty five. It's almost eleven p.m. on a Friday night. You got to get to bed. I think seven guys. They have seven guys right now. I think that Jermichael Green and Moses Moody get there by the end of the season. I think okay. so. I think so. I think Jermichael Green can do maybe 70% of Otto Porter. And I think Moses Moody can can get there and be a nine. By the end of the season, you get those nine guys. I don't think they trade Wiseman. I don't think they trade Kaminga. Uh, and I think they, those guys just end up not just, playing as much. Hate, you just hate the trade machine. Dude. I just, I don't hate it. I wish they would. But you and I both know they're not going to. You and I both know. Realist, I know you won't, predict, you won't predict it, Sam. I know that they won't. No, because um, I'm trying to speak into existence. Um, but but I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think but you're right. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Appreciate everyone. It's the following.